Hi, welcome to the podcast, Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Marna. Good afternoon, everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Hey, everybody. How are you? Our goal here is to offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations that will help you examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. Today, our subject is surprise reunions between deployed parents and their children. If you tuned into the State of the Union message this month, you saw Sergeant First Class Townsend Williams of Fort Bragg reunited with his wife Amy and children, Eliana and Rowan, on live television. Sergeant Williams wasn't due to return from Afghanistan for several months, but they brought him home early for a surprise reunion on national TV. This is only the most recent example of our society's love affair with surprise reunions, but it's been going on for years. A boy was recently surprised in front of his entire school when his soldier mother stepped out of a large package at a school assembly. Two military children who threw out the first pitch at the Yankees game were astonished to find that when the two catchers removed their masks, the catchers were actually their parents, both active duty and returned home from military deployments. Heartwarming, inspiring, popular, yes. Just Google surprise reunion and you'll see how many views these videos get. I wonder what's behind their popularity. Why do we love them so much? As a military wife of 20 years and having gone through two deployments with my active duty spouse, I have a problem with these videotaped, orchestrated public reunions, and I wish they would stop doing them. Mike, you have experience with reunions as well. Uh, You're on active duty. Your wife is on active duty. What do you think? Oh, Marna. All right. Here (laughs) we go. Let's get started. Here we go. (laughs) I have to say I fully agree with you. I think... I I don't think these things are in the best interest of either the kids involved, if there are kids, the spouses who have been continuing with life as normal or life, at least life in their usual place while the service member's gone, or the service member. So these sort of made-for-TV, reality TV moments, you know, it's an 0 for 3, in my opinion. And I base that on on long experience, you know, 32 years in the military, several deployments myself. But then as a commander watching troops and their families readjust after the deployment. So, you know, somewhere in one of our previous episodes, I talked about the focus that often is given to weddings and people worry about weddings and the day and what's going to happen and who's going to come. And they don't give much thought to the marriage behind the wedding. And I would say this is the same situation. So the reunion is is wonderful. It's exciting. It can be really awkward. It can be even painful sometimes for certain people, especially young, young kids who don't have any idea what's going on. But what really matters is what happens in the next year. How does that family or that couple or even that individual, I might say, you know, who's reunited with like his or her parents, how do they reestablish and and get their footing back after a military deployment? And to see, you know, in this case, you talked about the State of the Union address last week, and to see any politician, and this has nothing to do with the current president, and any politician who takes advantage of that moment for for, uh, political gain, I think is somewhere close to reprehensible. So I'll stop there. I agree with you on that. Okay. It's a it's a sacred family moment. It is. It is. And I just I hate to see it turned into, you know, a Jerry Springer or a Maury Povich moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So anyhow, let me stop there. 
and uh, we got more to talk about, but okay. you know, we'll flip it over to Kelly. Okay, Kelly, uh, you have a few military associations in your life, I know. Yeah, but, um... not like you guys, though. I, <laughs> I am the lightweight of the group. I have so much <laughs> respect for you and Mike and you know the fact that you all are Army veterans and my colleagues now. It's, I, I'm honored to work with you guys because of your service. So, oh, sweet. Kelly, wanna... I, Kelly, I got to say, <laughs> you are not a lightweight. She's not. <laughs> can we, can I am we when just, it comes can... to this topic. Can... I, I really am. But I'm going to disagree with you, Mike. Can because... we strike that from the record, please, Counselor? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to disagree with you guys, though. I, I think it's an opportunity to celebrate, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, and I think it's a family choice. In other words, for some families, it may not be uh, something they want to do. It may not be something they're comfortable with, but for other families, like having a big wedding, it may be something they want to do to celebrate the fact that their family member has returned home safely. I think it's good. I mean, can't we be happy? You know, can't we celebrate something so wonderful as somebody serving their country and coming home and being with their family and surprising their family? I mean, sometimes I think we just can't accept happy. <laughs> you, you mean know, like, you, uh, you like, as you as somebody uh, in the public celeb- joining in the celebration of the reunion, being able yeah, to see it? Yeah, yeah. And, and in most mm-hmm. cases, it's what the family wanted. And, you know, a lot of times they contact a stadium or a sports team or an organization and suggested, you know, with the State of the Union, it's this is not unusual. It's been done at, at prior State of the Unions. I think some of the articles and the blowback we've seen, you know, is a result of, of Trump and just people being, you know, Trump haters and, mm-hmm. you know, the Trump derangement syndrome. You know, anything he does, people, right. you know, freak out about. But you um, mentioned something, and I want to just want to ask Mike about it. A lot of these surprise reunions are instigated by the parents themselves. They contact the baseball organization and say, we'd like to do this. So what can you say about it being a bad, bad for the family, bad for the kids? when the parents are in on it from the beginning. If that's the case, then it really is staged. It really is made for TV. It's kind of like watching Survivor. If everybody's playing along and that is what they want, then okay, that's great. My guess is that Mrs. Williams, a week ago uh, Tuesday, did not know. And, she didn't. She did okay, not. Did not know. So here she is with very young children, going to the State of the Union address and sitting with the first family is already a pretty significant emotional event. Plus, they were up way past their bedtime. What time did the State of Union start? Nine nine or something? Yeah. Do you think Mm -hmm. the kids, you know, really give a hoot as to who's talking and what they're talking about? No. So, and then to have this sprung on them, I, I just, that to me, that to me doesn't work. If it's staged at a you know, a civic event or something, and everybody's in on it, to include the children, oh, by the way, um, and everybody is appropriately surprised, and it's all stage surprise, that's that's fine. But, Kelly, back to what you said a moment ago, I think sometimes these things, I'm going to get on my soapbox here, so you guys can just either mute me or tell me to shut up at some point, but it's okay. it's for the benefit of the great American public. It's not for the benefit of the soldier or the kids or the spouse. You know, here we've been fighting these wars for almost 20 years now. And I would venture to guess that the average American has no idea how many troops we have in Afghanistan, how many troops we have in Iraq, um, what they're doing, who's there, why why they're there. So 
This sort of tends to, I think, assuage the collective guilt that many Americans have about the fact that our military is off doing things that no one understands or really cares about at this point. And it, it's sort of a feel-good for people who otherwise aren't invested in the military. Um, you might so, be overthinking this, Mike. I don't know, Kelly. To assuage you know? our collective guilt? <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I, there mean are, I don't know who, you know, you speak with, but there are people who, you know, they know the military has just taken a beating in the last two decades. You know, they've taken a beating uh, psychologically. And I know, you know, the number of families where the kids have had trouble, the marriage broke up. We have 22 veterans committing suicide every day. This is serious stuff, and we're real big on the reunion, but we're we're just not paying attention to the long-term effects. So, Yeah, so, Kelly, I read on the Internet that a a military wife says, in a lot of people's minds, watching these reunions checks the I support and help the military box, and it's really not doing anything at all. So what do you think about that? I think that's being unfair to the public, really, and attributing you know, thoughts and feelings or opinions to them that may or may not be true. I do think most people support the military and root for the military and, and want to see military service members get the recognition they deserve. So I think a lot of people watch these reunions, which, again, generally, in every case I'm aware of, some part of the family, one of the parents has consented to it. Clearly, you know, the sergeant knew what was happening at the State of the Union and and was consented to it, complicit. He was there. He surprised his wife and children. I I don't see anything wrong with that. Again, I think it's an opportunity to, to recognize and celebrate his service and sacrifice and the sacrifice of the family. It just made me happy when I see, when I saw that and when I see those kinds of things, it makes me happy because I feel like it's almost like an underdog story. Like you're watching a great athlete who has been injured and gone through a lot of, you know, tough times and has worked hard and has overcome difficulties and is getting recognized. And, and that's kind of how I view it. I know and I understand and, and I, I hope members of the public understand that there are challenges in acclimating back into civilian life and and, and, you know, it's not all a cakewalk, but life isn't a cakewalk for anybody. I mean, it has its challenges. Everybody's got their stuff. I just don't think there's anything wrong with, with celebrating these people and, and trying to recognize them in a public way, if that's what they want. Yeah, I think that's the important caveat, Kelly, if that's what they want, and they being all parties involved. And if that's the case, that's fine. I don't know that I'm still a big fan of it, but that's okay. I've just, I have seen the reunions, which are joyous and wonderful. Obviously, the vast majority of them happen in some auditorium or or a gym, gymnasium on a military base. But I've also seen the way in which that family doesn't, at least early on in this this endless war, the, the family wasn't checked on. The family didn't have any support after that first exciting, often joyous moment. It's especially hard. I, you know, I finished my career in the reserve forces and, you know, our reserves and our National Guard, they're the, they're the citizen soldiers. They're the folks who set aside their, their day job and they go to train and then they get deployed. And when they return, they have that joyous moment and then they go back to wherever they came from. And in most cases, that's nowhere near a military base. That's nowhere near the unit that they served with. So they've lost that support structure. And again, this is something that folks don't know about. And 
you know, if I can perhaps just create a little bit of goodness out of this uh, wonderful episode that Marna's put together, it's to help people understand that it's more than the reunion and that's when the rubber really meets the road. Yes. That was one of my notes too, Mike. One of my problems with these videotaped reunions for the public is it just captures a moment in amber. There's no mention of the entire year the soldier was gone and the family was living without him and no mention of the months afterwards when some of the trauma symptoms might start emerging. Uh, One study showed that three months after the return from a deployment, symptoms like PTSD and things like that tripled and in some cases quadrupled. So there's that. It's all sweetness and light at the reunion, but there's no references to before and after the reunion, which is what I would prefer. And also, the typical reunion, like you said, Mike, takes place in a post-gym, but it often takes place in the middle of the night. Also, I remember waking my kids up at one in the morning so that we could drive into Fort Campbell to pick up their dad at three in the morning. (laughs) So that's a typical scenario. Yeah. Wow. You're bringing back some memories there, Marna. Yeah. Um, I think it's... One of the things that we've really got to focus on this is the children, because I think the children are often, if there are children involved, they're the voices that don't get heard, just because they they may not be old enough to even know what's going on. And they're not able to give consent either. Yeah, right. And uh, I've seen I've seen some kids take it really hard, really, really hard. These deployments, or you know, it's one thing when you know the the service member like he did last week comes down the stairs and he's fit and healthy or at least he appears to be it's another matter when they come home wounded that can be very tough on kids and any sort of reunion in this situation at least my experience and when you know i've i've worked with families you know you build this up you you prepare kids over a matter of weeks you know you know more or less when it's going to happen you never know exactly and sometimes you think it's going to happen at a certain time and then the plane's delayed so it's 20 24 hours later. But you, you help kids adjust. You help them on the front end. You you talk them through it. You have a little routine you do at home. You know, you, you make mom or dad's favorite meal. You know, you clean the house. Right. Um, everybody goes out and buys a new outfit. Um, <laughs> you know, you brush the dog. You, you do stuff that kind of helps kids work through the idea that, okay, it was tough when he left or she left. It was tough while they were gone. And now this is going to be a huge adjustment when they get back. Everybody's on board with that. And it's especially important for the kids because I think your term, Marna, is great. You know, they don't they don't have the voice. They don't have the consent. And if you look at the video of Sergeant First Class Williams at the State of the Union, watch his kids. They really do look shell-shocked. The son, the younger child, doesn't even seem to really recognize his dad. It's a little bit overwhelming for them. Yeah. Well, imagine just being there in the first place. That's yeah. quite an imposing place. <laughs> so, Amy Bouchatz, who writes a lot about military life, she called it reunion porn. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kelly, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, I mean, call, I, you called me out on my previous comments. But uh, Yeah, um, I just, I don't know. I think that's harsh. And And I, again, I also think a lot of this has to do with the fact that, you know, it was Trump's Uh, State of the Union address, and people don't like him. In fact, they just hate him passionately. So when he's associated with something, it's got to be wrong. It can't be right. Again, I I appreciate what I've read uh, some of her her writing as well, and, and I appreciate her position and respect it. But again, can't we 
Can't we celebrate? Can't we be happy? If that's what the family has wanted and put forth, which is what happened at the State of the Union, why do we have to overthink it? Yeah, they're going to have trouble. We all have trouble. I understand it's going to be more challenging in some ways than regular civilians, but... Again, everybody's got their stuff. I I think it might be helpful. Is there an organization or organizations that if our listeners did want to help or contribute to that help support military families as they, you know, kind of get acclimated and adjust back into civilian life, which I know that's really the the tough part, right, when they get home, you know, for those first number of months. Yes, there are those organizations, and I will put some of those on our website. Operation Homefront is one. That would be great, you know, because people might want to contribute or or volunteer, make themselves available. I mean, especially in the situation, you know, that Mike mentioned where National Guard member who kind of goes back out into the civilian community and isn't affiliated or close to a base or, or some of their team members or squad members or however you put it, you know, and they're sort of isolated. I think yeah. that's really hard. When you come back and you're in the military community, there's there's a lot of support. You're right. Now, has social media, a social media life, created this situation of a love of surprise reunions? I would say it's more kind of driven by reality TV. You know, this is reality TV, and that's been around longer than social media. Um, so I'm sure there's both elements, but it's it's that event that is either real or created for the benefit of the audience. That's where I think it comes from. And there's one more thing I'd like to mention about surprise reunions, and that is that the children are kept in the dark, that their father or mother or both are back in the country and safe. They're kept in the dark for 24 or 48 hours. And I think, wouldn't it be better for the kid to know that his mom and or dad is home safely rather than to be ambushed in a surprise reunion? <laughs> Just, I'm always going back to the kids that look shell-shocked. They want to burst into tears. It's an emotional moment, but their entire school is watching or the entire television audience is watching, and and they just can't. They're just shell-shocked. I feel so bad for the kids. That's really a parenting choice, though. You know, like sometimes... Sometimes you see parents do things that you wouldn't do, and you know maybe you think to yourself, "Geez, that's crazy." And uh, I'm sure there are parents that have looked at me or my decision making and said, "Wow, why is she doing that? That makes no sense." You know what I mean? But I think we have to respect, you know, the parents and that they're making the best decisions they can for their kids. Well, we do keep coming back to that, Kelly, that the parents are complicit in this public reunion. So maybe I got to take a step back. I don't know, Marna. I would ask you not to step back, okay? But to carry on with what you were discussing there, I mean, it is in many ways about the kids. Everybody else sort of gets it and they understand and and spouses have a lot more information often than than what is shared with children. You don't know what goes on in the mind of a child. Children are so easily shaped by experience. And, you know, I always advocate for the, the fast and functional reunion. So it should happen as soon as it possibly can, and it should be absolutely functional, and it should be focused entirely on, you know, the three interested parties, the service member, the children, and the spouse. And it it shouldn't serve the interests of anybody else because it's too important. And again, it's only the beginning. You know, it's it's the start of a long process of adjustment and transition A great example in the news recently has been uh, sort of the delayed effects that we've seen coming out of this missile attack in Iraq, which went into Al-Assad Air Base. And at first, it was said by 
a high government official that there were no casualties, only headaches. I think right now we're at 100 traumatic brain injuries. We're talking about the same thing. Oh, geez. So the same event, spun in different ways at different times. Again, delayed effects. And, and again, those are the ones that are far more important, far, far more worthy of attention than the reunion itself, which, again, I, I would advocate for reunions that are absolutely as fast as possible and as functional as possible. Yeah, we had a reunion in the Providence airport when my husband at the time came home from Afghanistan. He came home alone on a commercial airplane. So we had this tearful reunion in the middle of the airport, and it was an ugly cry moment. It really was. And when when we finally finished all the hugging and carrying on and pulled away, I looked up and there was a circle of people around us who'd been watching us the whole time. <laughs> And I was kind of embarrassed <laughs> that there I was, you know, crying and carrying on and everybody was watching. But they were so kind. And one lady offered to take a picture for us. And they all welcomed my husband home. And it was meaningful to the onlookers, too. You know, even though it was public, it was it was intimate and meaningful as well. And, might I add, entirely organic. You know, Organic, yeah, fast there and functional. Was, there was nothing staged. And again, I do feel very strongly about this. And I do too. And Kelly, I appreciate your point of view because I've heard from many other friends how much they like watching those reunion videos. It has an impact on them too. So I see your point of view. Yeah, and I mean, I never gave it much thought because, you know, I don't have the experience that you all have and the depth of service and it just never even crossed my mind. I watched, you know, I've watched several and, you know, thought they were just lovely and touching. <laughs> I didn't give it much thought beyond yeah. that, to be honest, you know, so this is this has made me think about it more. And that's a good thing. And Kelly, it's it's great to hear what you just said. And I think if we can through the reach of this podcast, maybe just make some folks more aware of this. And again, help folks understand that what we're asking these service members and their families to do is it's a pretty wrenching thing. It's not unique in life. There's a lot of other people who go away for long periods of time and do dangerous things. But this one's in the name of service to the nation. So that makes it somewhat different. So if more folks understand that, great. Maybe we've done some good here. Well said, Mike. And Kelly, Thank you for caring about the military families. Oh, I think everybody does. I really do. I think it's a universal love and respect. I think most people really mean well. You know, I don't want to be naive. There's, you know, I know there's bad folks out there, but most people really do care and are grateful for service and and what our military does to keep us safe. That's good to hear. Thanks. Stick with us. We'll be right back with more Ethics and Etiquette. Welcome back to Ethics and Etiquette. This is the part of our show where we like to leave you with a little something to think about for the upcoming week. I'll start with you, Mike. Hey, thanks, Marna. So all of our dear listeners, hopefully sometimes these podcasts can move you to action. And on this one, I think it's uh, particularly compelling because it's my understanding and experience that most people in America really don't know who's in the military anymore because not many people serve uh, as a proportion of our society. And they certainly don't know what our military is doing. 
So since the military is working on your behalf and the nation's in, in the nation's best interest, we hope, if you have the opportunity to reach out outside your family, if it's within your family, that's great and that's wonderful and that's expected. But if you could reach outside your family somehow and support a spouse, support a service member, support kids with a deployed parent, maybe you know them in your school, maybe they're on your team, whatever the case might be, that's really appreciated. And it's more than just the reunion. It's that time when there is no deployment, but I think most critically it's in that moment when a family reunites and then tries to reestablish life, uh, life as usual, because that's really, really hard. If you don't know anybody, maybe you can find an organization to support that makes that their business. I think that would be deeply appreciated by those of us who have served and who are serving. I think it would be too, and that's great information for our listeners. What about you? Do you have an opinion, comment, or question about today's show? Leave us a comment or a voicemail. You can do both at our website, www.ethicsandetiquette.com. If you want to support what we're doing, recommend our podcast to your friends and leave a positive review wherever you listen to podcasts. For Kelly Halligan Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. Thanks for being with us this week, and please join us again next week for an all-new episode. See you then.